Hello. Welcome to podcast number nine. I'm Marco, and tonight we're going to hear one long clip from a conversation I had with my co-hosts, Fred and Donna, a few weeks ago, back in June of 2022. Fred started off with a very negative poem, and we discussed the state of the world. Hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at themidnighttriangle at gmail.com. Themidnighttriangle at gmail.com. Enjoy. Okay, I'm here. Hi, Fred. Uh, we didn't get a snake yet. No, she'll slither in soon enough. Uh-oh. Snake slithered in. Okay. I'm here. Okay. So, uh, Fred, you... Uh, you had a some lines from a, was it a poem or a song? A song, but uh, don't you usually introduce it? Yeah, you introduce everything. I, no, what I would do is no, no, introduce the podcast. You know, no, no, no. I, I, I you do, did a that, date I do that after the fact. I do yes, I do that on a separate recording. Oh, like after, okay. the, after I edit the whole thing and I know what's going on, I can then tell the listeners what to expect, and you know. Give oh, them good. Like a little intro. So we can just go wherever we go and then I'll handcraft a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you have a song. And so why don't you start again? So you have a song, Fred, and who, who's it by? You know, I don't know. I, I just remembered it uh, as a just a regular song. I don't know if it was a sort of a semi-popular song, you might call it, of, oh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, was 70s, 80s, probably not more recent recent than that and probably not older than that. But um, no, uh, I just uh, unfortunately thought of this when, you know, I look around um, at uh, many things that are happening. They don't have to be enumerated. Everyone knows what's happening in this country in many ways, uh, in the world in many ways and about the whole world in many ways. So, you know, what I'm speaking about um, first is, um, you know, crime and mass murders, or even not mass murders. Those are bad enough also. And uh, the politics in this country, uh, and maybe the world, that seem not to be going very well. And I don't think our political system produces the best leaders. And then uh, you look elsewhere in the world and you find some of the worst leaders. So we may not have the best, but uh, we see that others have the worst. Um, And uh, that is human created. Well, I guess climate change is also human created, but less obviously so, or less immediately so. And so I thought of this song from, you know, years ago, maybe decades ago, um, that has uh, one or two little grammatical imperfections, but I'll read it as it's sung. And, um, It says, how come the sun didn't make it today? Is it tired of what it's been shining down on? Could it be God didn't wake it today? You couldn't blame him. Sometimes it feels like the sun just comes up out of habit, then goes down as quick as it can. And in a way that um, represents um, metaphorically, a lot of what I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's as if uh, the sun and uh, non-existent God have given up uh, and 
things are going to, what's the expression, hell in a handbag. And, you know, the son barely wants to even look at what's happening and get out as quickly as possible. And I think a lot of people uh, psychologically are the son. They're shutting themselves down. They're shutting, they're sh shutting off connection with reality that they feel unable to deal with, unable to affect. Um, and they, I guess, try to numb themselves out of the worry or suppress the worry and put it into the subconscious and um, look for superficial uh, relief from the underlying worry uh, and concern about what's happening. Uh, I mean, I just heard something that I thought was kind of Appalling, but not shocking. Um, you know, Bob Dylan has a line in his song, Masters of War, in which he condemns the generals who make war. And um, I don't remember the exact words, but something like, you know, commit the worst uh, crime, make him afraid to bring children into the world, although he has brought five children into the world. But I actually heard on the radio recently, uh, again, it's appalling, but I guess not shocking, that uh, couples, are, couples are now hesitating to bring children into a stable world that is imperiled by climate change and the manifold other uh, problems that afflict the world. So maybe, you know, the, maybe the sun is right. Uh, uh, avoiding coming out and when it does come out, get, get down, get away as quickly as possible because what it's looking down on is not very optimistic, not very favorable and just plain worrisome to us and to the sun. Well, Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? <laughs> uh, Fred, you there, there's a lot there that you said, which uh, I've been hearing this expression lately. We have to unpack. And first <laughs> yeah, of all, yeah. uh, you start off with, as everyone knows what's going on, I think the vast majority a very big majority of the people don't really know what's going on, number one. Is it, is it because they don't want to or or some other reason? Well, they're too just busy remember to, that only... That they're, they're too busy trying to survive to pay attention? You know, why? Why do you think that is? Only 25% only of this country are college graduates. So that means 75% aren't. If you're not According a college to... graduate... Then, according to according to something I just heard on NPR, and I tend to trust NPR, they said that 38% of Americans over the age of 25 have. Now I'm not sure if they said a four degree, uh, a four year degree, or any degree. That I'm not sure of. So maybe what you're saying is true about a four year degree and the statistics I heard, because fewer people do graduate from community colleges. So you know maybe we're both right. right. Okay. Well, you know, this is just what I've heard and I'm not standing on it as absolute correct. It's just what I've understood over the years. And it could be that the trend is towards more education, toward more education. But in any case, it's still less than half. And uh, if 60 some odd percent of the country has not gone to college, I, I don't think they follow the news. Maybe you do, Fred. So I would say that very possible that the majority of people don't really pay attention to what's going on. That's number one. And it's not only because they're they're downtrodden and so occupied with trying to get through the day. 
I think a lot of people just aren't interested. Right. That might be unfathomable to you, Fred, but I you know that- it actually is unfathomable. I was thinking that maybe they just turn on what uh, I'm glad I haven't heard this term for a long time, the boob tube, when they get home tired from work and don't have the intellectual or or even physical energy to deal with what's happening. By the way, uh, both of the words you used are no, right. No, no, toward, no. Toward, Fred, toward you- and towards are both right. You keep going toward. Uh, they're overburdened and they're worried and they come home exhausted. No, they're just not interested. They might come home happy and full of energy and just not be interested. You know, it could be, although I know some people uh, personally who consciously avoid connecting with the news because it's too, too grim, too unsettling. And A very close friend of mine is under a news embargo. She, she will not watch the news and I'm not allowed to talk to her about current events. But I think these are the exceptions in the elite group that know all about it and have had and have over- chosen to. Yeah. And yeah. And also Fred, it, it's not because they come home so tired and overburdened. It's they're just not interested in it. I know, again, I don't, think you relate to that concept but i think i agree marco really i mean how could people not be interested in something that literally affects their daily lives and uh, that of their family well it, it kind of doesn't who's president it's kind of remote to them if if whatever their job is if they're an auto mechanic if trump is president or biden is president they still have to fix cars granted Biden might push toward electric cars in the long run, but still, uh, they're going there to fix the cars. And Fred, about people not having children because of worry and things going on in this world, I think that's a fraction of a fraction of of the population. Donna? Uh, I, I think it's probably a pretty small percentage, yes. Yes. But that percentage better realize that they should stop having sex because they're not going to have the choice. Oh, oh, uh -oh. Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's go in a different direction. (laughs) That's that's an important direction, though. I mean, that is really frightening what's happening. Uh, It's actually uh, it's a source of great uh, worry and uh, I don't know. The things... It really makes you think that laws can do things that one would never think laws can do in many cases against women. And you don't have to go to Afghanistan to see that. Apparently, they can, you know, criminalize anything they want. Mm -hmm. Marijuana, abortion or, you know, anything Uh, running a a runaway slave, you know, whatever they want to criminalize, they do. You know, Fred, before we get fully into abortion, and I don't mind talking about that. I I wanted to point out that I don't even agree with you that these are necessarily the grimmest of times. I think we we have a big problem coming up with climate change, and I do not argue with you about that. But in terms of vaccines and standard of living, the world is is doing so much better than it than it was doing uh, three, four decades ago. Hundreds of millions of people have been lifted out of poverty into at least lower middle class across the world. We have more vaccines. We have 
yes, I know Russia just attacked Ukraine, but if you look at the history of the world, it's still relatively we have relatively few wars looking at World War One, World War Two, and even just going back every every century, there were just wars and wars and wars. In the eighteen hundreds there were a whole bunch of wars, the seventeen hundreds was the American Revolution and so on. As things go, I think we're doing pretty pretty well and and it's not grim like you you propose. I do think that coming down the pike is climate change problems and that's a big one that we're gonna have to deal with. And I don't deny that. I'm not a climate change denier at all. I think it's a big problem. But in everything else, unless you're going to say there is nothing else, uh, I think we're doing pretty well. And Donna and Fred, can you comment? Well, you certainly are doing well. And you were talking about a small fraction of the population. A small fraction of the population of the world uh, is doing very well. Uh, and uh, I, am, I think I am not venturing too far out on a limb when I say that there has not been a moment of your life when a war have, has not been going on, uh, if I said that correctly. Wars have been constant around the world, constant. No, I agree. I think you're, you're underestimating the constant presence of war. Donna, can yeah, you explain that? Yeah, the constant presence, a uh, good expression. There are wars going on all over the world, all the time. You don't even have to go beyond our country. I mean, we just got out of Afghanistan. We've been at war there for 20 years. Oh, I I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, if you look at the history of mankind, it's probably we're much more at peace lately than we have been. I don't know if that's true. You should take a visit to Yemen or to Syria or to Central Africa. Uh, there I, don't, is... I don't deny any of what you just said, Fred, but World War II killed 75 million people. World War I, I don't know how many million people, but we, we're doing better this century than the prior century. You know, we're doing better under under more tenuous circumstances, uh, the circumstances, at least so far, uh, you, you know that very telling joke, it's not really a joke, about the guy who uh, jumps off the Empire State Building and, uh, you know, people are warning him against it. It's a terrible thing to do, you, you know. And as he sails by the 50th floor, he says, uh, well, you know, if, if people were alarmist, they're telling me what would happen. I feel fine. Nothing's wrong. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe we have not had a nuclear war yet, uh, but we're on the 50th floor and going down fast. Well, that's not a great example, Fred, because that person is heading for pretty much for sure death. And yes, uh, nuclear capabilities are spreading, but we're not on the brink of nuclear war as, so I, I don't like your example. Yeah, yeah, take, take, take a look at the atomic scientists uh, clock. That's what is it, two minutes to midnight? Donna? How long has it been there though, Fred? And how, how has it changed? Uh, it changes by couple of minutes it's it's been very close all the time because it's it's right there i mean evidently uh, in the cuban missile crisis uh one courageous submarine i believe uh, captain or whatever his title was uh 
countermanded what appeared to be an order to fire nuclear weapons on the United States. And, yes. you know, mutually assured destruction, uh, you bet. I mean, uh, th this country has certain other countries surrounded by nuclear weapons and nuclear missiles, and uh, they do not as good a job, but a, a good enough job to take care of us too. Yeah, I probably use two minutes um, to midnight. All right, Fred, I don't, I, I don't deny that there is a threat of nuclear destruction, but I still don't think your example of the person flying by the 50th floor is apropos, Donna? No, I agree. It's not a great example or analogy, but I also wanted to get in there because the number that you cited struck me as bizarrely high, Marco. And at least according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the estimate of the number of people who died in World War II is 40 to 50 million. Now that's still a lot of people. I'm not debating that, but 75 million is overstating that by 50%. Uh, I've read that it's 75 million and maybe that includes uh, the people who died in Russia when they burned the fields and uh, Jews who were killed by the Nazis. I've read that it's 75 million. I don't know, Fred, what, what have you heard? I don't know, but I do know that the figure given for Russians who were killed is about 20 million right there. And then, you know, you mentioned Jewish people and gypsies and uh, uh, people who had physical, def physical and mental defects, uh, you know, basically whoever Hitler could get his hands on. Um, okay. Donna, I wasn't I, I, I trying to overstate it. That's honestly what I had read in the past. Okay. And, I, um, good enough. But uh, even if I if we switch it to forty to fifty million, that's still you know this century is doing way way better given man's nature to to go to war, and given the fact that the weapons have proliferated. Yeah, which is uh, even before pro proliferation. Uh, no, I think the 50th floor is exactly the situation we're in. People tend to take some comfort. Well, you know, uh, nothing's happened. We've had nuclear weapons for three quarters of a century and uh, save for a couple of uses here and there. Mainly one there. Country. What? By one particular country. By, yeah, I... Um, don't quite remember at the moment. Uh, oh wait, it it, it it was it, it was the United States, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't think it was. The United oh. States is the only country that has used uh, nuclear weapons in war, um, and uh, the history, military history, shows that. Uh, all weapons that have been developed have eventually been used. I mean, take a look at World War One. What was it, a dozen or so years uh, after the invention of the airplane? Oh, and guess what? The dogfights with those biplanes and everything. As soon as something can be weaponized, it is, uh, and it gets used. Uh, uh, gas warfare, warfare was supposedly outlawed and was used extensively in World War One. supposedly outlawed. Um, biological weapons, uh, there, it's, it's hard to get valid information, reliable information from Syria, but apparently both of those uh, means of combat uh, have been used against civilians 
Uh, by the way, uh, you know, they talk about you know, c- attacking civilians. I don't know that just because a government forces a uniform onto someone that makes him more, you know, uh, that it's more acceptable to annihilate them. I have to apologize for having called you bloodthirsty in recent weeks, Fred, when we've been talking, because the world is bloodthirsty. Yeah, you know, uh, I have uh, quoted... Um, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about that term. Uh, I was not offended by it. I, I just considered that sort of a um, maybe hyperbolic um, part of a debate or a conversation. I have to agree with Donna on the other podcast. You did seem bloodthirsty. You wanted to kill this guy and kill that guy, and, you know. No, I wanted to save people from being killed. Typical person. Well, you know what, Fred, the podcasts are uploaded to Spotify, so one day you can re-listen to it, and then you could decide if you think you were. I want to keep people from killing people. By killing them. Absolutely. If if necessary. I mean, yeah, if necessary. Hey, you know, you make it necessary for someone out of self-defense or defense of someone else who's going to be a victim, you know, let you be a victim, of course. But any, anyway, Fred, uh, my point was that the world is in some ways so much better than it had been. Uh, wars. No, you know yes. what? You know, not, no, no, I, I disagree. The world isn't. Your world is. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the hundreds of millions of people throughout China and India that have moved into middle class over the last few decades. Uh, how the standard of living across the whole world is just so much higher than it was decades ago. I'm not, it has nothing to do with me. I, I count zero in this. I'm talking about the hundreds of millions of people out there who used to earn $2 a day, who now earn a, at least a few thousand dollars a year in, in, in countries where that goes a lot further than it, than it goes here. Uh, there, we've had advances in medicine. The United Nations has all kinds of humanitarian programs. Uh, standard of living is just much higher than it had been decades earlier. And I think the world in so many ways is a much better place. And I I think you can't see it. And if we don't reduce our standard of living, especially in the more affluent countries, that will just drive climate change uh, increasingly and we'll have less time to enjoy that affluence because that affluence is killing us slowly. And not all that slowly either. And Donna, any thoughts on those last couple of comments of mine and Fred's? No. Okay. That's wise if cowardly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing yellow tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And, and Fred, uh, what was that line in your, in your song about uh, the sun was tired and God didn't wake it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's indicative of the idea that things just aren't running well, that things aren't working right. Yeah. Okay. And what about the the sun and the habit? You mentioned something about it goes quickly with a hat, but by habit. That it comes up by habit and then rushes away as fast as it can. Because of what it's shining down on, what it's looking at, what it's seeing. It's too distressful. 
Okay. I mean, th this is not an astronomical statement, you understand. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you mean something you right, because said. Because the sun for... actually does come up every day. <laughs> and yes. for something you said is not astronomical? Yeah, the, the, the six lines of that song that I read, and I'm not even sure if they're contiguous lines in the song. I think they are actually at the beginning. Yeah, they come at the beginning. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's a metaphor. It's a, uh, it's figure, fi the figurative language of poetry. Uh, understood, understood. And Donna, how do you feel about the world being a better or worse place than it was several decades ago? Uh, I, I've been Googling in the background as we've been talking, and I am surprised to find that the majority of sources agree with you, Marco. I would not have felt that way left to my own devices because there's still so much suffering and inequality. But in fact, you know, resources that I have some faith in do say that the standard of living has improved over the last several decades. For hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how Fred could just conveniently ignore that important fact. Well, I'm not ignoring that. I'm saying that uh, probably an equal number, uh, that's not a mathematical statement when I say equal, uh, are facing imminent starvation. Check and see, see what information you can find out about that. People around the world, masses and masses of people, millions, are facing, uh, certainly have food insecurity which means they don't know where their next meal is coming from, and they may not be physically starving to death yet, uh, but surviving on one meal a day. I think if you look up food insecurity, you'll find, and you know, nutritional um, deficiencies, you'll find a different story from what you have in mind. I, I think that comes in waves depending on famines or weather, rain. I'm not an expert on it, but- And war. Yeah, and war, but I think that food insecurity globally is less of a problem now than it was decades ago. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Midnight Triangle. If you enjoyed what you heard, please feel free to tell your friends about it. If we got you all upset and you need to email us, go ahead. The Midnight Triangle at gmail.com. See you next time.